0: This is an ABC podcast. During his breaks, he would fly direct to lay. for some reason. I wouldn't know. I later found out that he had a girlfriend or woman out there. He would always visit. Because we exist with, like, the social media sphere, there's
1: often, like, a lot of backlash. People are always fighting with, like, who did it, who cheated. Thousands of people are always tuned into a certain relationship when that kind of stuff happens.
2: The ones that stay in the relationship are the ones, like they're not exposed to knowing their rights. Women must be educated to exercise their rights.
3: Cheating, it's as inescapable as your family obligations or the constant fear of undercatering at your next gathering. It's so common that I'm willing to bet that if you haven't been cheated on yourself, you know a woman who has. But what are our options? When a husband cheats on his wife, or in any relationship where the main breadwinner plays around, how easy is it to pack up and leave? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about cheating. Finding out your partner has been having sex with someone else is devastating. The betrayal is brutal, and while you shouldn't have to feel ashamed, it's still humiliating. Surely... If you've made a promise to be monogamous, cheating should be a deal-breaker. So what stops a woman from leaving her cheating partner? Forgiveness? Love? Or is it more about finances, stigma, and community expectations? Rose was only 20 when she got married. She lived in Mount Argen in Papua New Guinea with her mother-in-law and her husband, although his work kept him away a lot of the time. Then everything changed
0: it was an arranged marriage i didn't know him it was his mom who wanted me to marry uh, her son so she was the one who arranged it all his mom the only person who i lived with and chatted with she passed away and I was kind of living by myself and my husband was like away at work, somewhere in Pogera and and during his breaks he would fly direct without landing in Mount Hagen, he would fly direct to Leh for some reason, I wouldn't know. I later found out that he had a girlfriend or woman out there, he would always visit and then after visiting he would like get a bus and come back to Mount Hagen. So I was like, okay, you sing someone else. I was eight months pregnant at the same time, and the woman that I relied on as a mother, she passed away. So I was kind of left by myself out there. He didn't even support me by, you know, sending money for my daily upkeep and and no form of communication. He wouldn't even call me, check on me. Oh, it was a nightmare. I couldn't sleep. I I couldn't eat, you know, my mind was always wrestling, I was unsettled. I, I it was a very difficult time, you know, being young and naive. I got married at the age of twenty and I was uh with child at the age twenty two. Psychologically I was affected. I couldn't eat. I then did that kind of I was going into depression. I lost a lot of weight. I went like skin and bones. I, I couldn't think properly. Those are the effects of such a behavior of men.
3: Ruth was alone, heavily pregnant, and she wasn't coping. So she left.
0: I had to go back to my family. And while being with my family, I, uh, my son was born. There was no support from him. He wouldn't even come to pay a visit. He just ignored us. He didn't want to have anything to do with us. He said, oh, well, I didn't chase you out. You went to your own people on your own. We show how you deal with it. You deal with it. And he moved on and, you know, went to his girlfriend, his wife, now they live together. He totally abandoned us. Luckily, I had a job myself, so my little job kind of uh, brought in the income I needed to support myself and and my son and my widowed mother. That was how I, I managed to survive.
3: There are many reasons why a woman can't leave a cheating husband. She may not have the family support, she might not be able to support herself financially. And the stigma facing women who leave their husbands can sometimes be greater than the stigma of the cheating itself.
0: Stigma was also there, but because I did what was right, like customarily, like getting a bright price and giving to my people, I was okay. But then the fact that, you know, your husband is not, attending to you and you have to deal on on your own with your child and how you carry on each day was was really challenging for me as a young person i i had no father though my father died when i was a small girl and my mom is a stay-at-home mom subsistence farmer so life was challenging but family support was there my aunt and my other siblings and uncle they kind of supported us financially case you know, and kind, offering advices to always look on the bright side and not to dwell on on what was happening, but for me, personally, it kind of drained me out on the outside. I'm pretending to be okay, but inside me, there was a war going on Rose didn't
3: come from a wealthy family; she never went to high school. But becoming a single mother pushed her to pursue an education.
0: I completed grade 10 through the informal education system. And with that grade 10 certificate, I went and uh, got my registered at at a secretarial school, a private secretarial school. And from there, I um, went to work in a law firm. I was a legal secretary. I worked in that law firm for a good number of years. And then I, um, I said, well, if my husband cannot look after me, I should do something for myself and for my son. So I shouldn't dwell on, on uh, what has happened to me, the challenges I went through. I said, I, I said, do something about it. I want to go on in my in education, so and working in a law firm, you know, gave me the motivation. And I said, I said, try the law school. Why not? So, yeah, I applied to the law school and they accepted me. And so I started at the University of Papua New Guinea in 2012 and I finished in 2015, went to the Legal Training Institute in 2016 and I got admitted as a lawyer.
4: Now
0: I look back and I say it was, It was a blessing in disguise. If he hadn't done what he did and if I was, you know, in my marriage still, I I don't know, I would have uh, come to the law school or not. But because of what he did, you know, that gave me the extra boost to go on in life. And that was the push. I kind of took it. And here I am. I am a lawyer now because of those challenges. I said I must... On. I must not look on the the hearts that are affecting me. I must look on the bright side and to do something for myself and for my son. So that's what I did. If ever you go through such a situation like I was, like in your education or in your marriage, if especially in your marriage if you are cheated on, I'd like to encourage you to Positive. Don't dwell on that. You will, after some time, you will look back and say, "Oh, that challenge was in fact a blessing in disguise." You will say, "I'm happy that I went through this because this has brought out another the tiger, the 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 stronger side of me out from from this experience." You will agree that that has happened to you, so grab it and think positively, think outside the box and see what you can do. If you have a a certificate, if you are a school leaver, like I was, you go back to school. If it means to do matriculation, you grab that with two hands and you press on and you can be like me. You can always go somewhere, do something different than you are right now.
3: That is Rose, a single mother in Papua New Guinea. She managed to finish her education and eventually became a lawyer after leaving her cheating husband. And, she tells me, her son is very proud of her. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. Staying in Papua New Guinea, a person that a woman can speak to if her husband has been cheating is a village mediator. Someone like Rosalind Akua.
2: Our role is to ensure, to make sure we have a peaceful uh, community. People live in peace and harmony. We sit in and we hear out their problems. So we come in to give some school talk or some counselling or some advice, yeah.
3: Rosalind, how often do women come to you when their spouses cheat on them?
2: For me, it's an everyday thing. They talk to me over the phone and some, they don't have my number. They literally come and visit me in the safe house.
3: Wow, that's a huge problem.
2: Yeah. Problems are mounting up and it's just like a, a volcano. It's just about to erupt. (laughs) <laughs> or it has erupted or,
3: yeah when these women come to you how do they feel about their situation
2: my environment is very conducive to women it's uh, very friendly and they open up and most of the time they break down they cry and I let them cry cry out and later after that they tell me about their problems it's ongoing they face a uh, their husbands, they go and cheat on them and they go and have affair with other women.
3: What sort of advice do you give to them?
2: If the case is serious, like she has been messed up or something, like she comes to the safe house uh, with uh, blood or like that, uh, I just ask her, is it safe for you to go back? If she tells me that she's not safe, then I tell her, You can stay here just for rehab and just for your healing.
3: How are women treated by their community when they have been cheated on?
2: The women that come to me, they tell me that they don't get support from the family and the community. So they, they try to share their problems with somebody who cares. Who can really care and sit them down, uh, listen to their problems and like that? Even though they go to welfare office, most of the times uh, they are not attended to. Uh, and for my case, I don't really take the matter to court. I want uh, a peaceful way of uh, counselling and trying to help them understand and settle in and solve their problem.
3: What about the men who are doing the cheating?
2: My dear, it's, as I say, it's, it's becoming a, a normal thing now because it's not happening just in one family. It's happening across the board. So it's becoming a normal thing. Oh, I'm, uh, let me express it in Pidgin. Oh, I'm every day all but fight and across. Like every day they're fighting and getting cross and we are tired. And, um, you know, that, that's what, the community. That's the response from the community. Oh, it's their business. Let them. Aim.
3: And but it shouldn't be normal. It shouldn't be normal. When a man cheats in a relationship, why do women stay on in the in the relationship? The
2: ones that stay in the relationship are the ones, like they're not exposed to knowing their rights. I tell them that you have your rights. You have to exercise your rights. They're fragile. They are. They're not confident. You see, women must be educated to understand these things, to exercise their rights.
3: And when they are dependent on the cheating uh, spouse who is the only breadwinner, is that also a factor that keeps the woman staying on And when their are kids involved? Yes. If counseling and advice doesn't work and the problem still continues, what do you say to a woman who's put up for too long?
2: The one that come out for counseling is good because she comes out and she discuss with me or she discuss with other counseling agencies. She get help and she start uh, practicing it and exercising it and she bring change to her own family. The ones that sitting out there, they don't try to find help. Those are the ones. That they, the woman they just walk away from the men leave the men with their children, they go and have other relationships with other men again because, I don't know, why why they are behaving like that? We counsellors are not doing enough or uh, welfare officers are not doing enough or police are not doing enough or. I'm beginning to wonder too. Thank you for raising that uh, concern.
3: Women also try to bring their spouse, cheating spouses to you. Uh, how do the men react to the situation?
2: When... It It is me that insists that the woman must bring the man. Then the, the man comes along. And when the man comes along, it's good because it brings balance now. We will know the story for both sides. Sometimes the woman, because it is in our nature that we are hurt and we, we tend to look for help, we come and I, I found out about a few cases Women, they paint stories making that the men look bad. But when the men come and gives his side of the story now, his side of the story, then I, I I weigh out and I balance and I give counseling to both men and women. Most of the times, men are not at fault. It's the woman who raised their voice. The woman doesn't know how to uh, carry herself. She disrespects the husband, and that's what I found
3: out. From the good work that you do in your community, you have a success stories of one of your neighbors who left her husband and became independent. What changed from her being dependent on a cheating husband to doing her own thing?
2: The husband left her uh, 12 years ago, and because she lives in my vicinity, She and her brother and her family, they become security to me. So she rubbed off from me. This is how life goes. And she became to be strong. And when the UN woman was looking for uh, women to go and work at the new market project, I put her in. And now she's earning salaries. It's the man that went to work in Mosby and he got involved with another woman and he didn't support her financial leader. When he went in 2012, December, he supported them until August, 2013. From when he got a woman now, he never supported them. So it was through my counseling, it was through my care. I make sure they had food. I make sure they, the children had clothes. And now she's uh, she's independent and she's there, but she's still my client because the kids are still small, so I support in terms of food and school fees and all that. And when the husband is trying to call her, he she tells him that I have you have moved on, so you have no business with me. If you want to come see your children, you come see your children. She becomes more independent, and I'm really happy for her. She's just a, a grade five or a grade four girl, uh, woman.
3: That is Roslyn Akua, a village mediator from Papua New Guinea. Christianity influences many aspects of our lives in the Pacific, including relationships. And while adultery is a sin, divorce is also not condoned. So how do Catholic counselling services support women whose husbands have cheated on them? Sister Mariana Tevurenga is a coordinator with Women's Ministry in Fiji. You know, there's all perspectives to that. Eh? You,
4: you can see cultural perspective, perspective over social Especially the woman would have, you know, think of her children, and another one is her own faith, and another one is, what would others say if I move out of this relationship? Because they hold the name so highly of the family.
3: Why does someone cheat in a relationship? Sometimes it's
4: unemployment, you know, in the the family, Um, especially if the, let's say, if one partner, the wife is working, you know, all the time and the husband is home and then the husband goes drinking, you know, and boozing with his own friends. And, you know, there, there, there are a lot of factors. Eh? It can be coming home late. That could be signs of of something happening in a relationship uh, outside of marriage. It's either late coming or there's more money coming into the family. You know, it can be both sides. Uh, there are other things, or staying overtime at work. Um, those those could be signs towards uh, cheating, you know. Or um, if mom uh, works and dad is home, and uh, you know there is no other other way of entertaining, you know, entertainment or no children or anything like that, they could go and and cheat. You know, there there are so many factors. We cannot really actually pinpoint the one thing because there are many factors into that. eh?
3: Mm. Yeah. And you talked about counseling, doing marriage counseling, sometimes individually or sometimes couples together. Um, How important is it for both a husband and a wife to try to work together to reconcile and make their marriage work?
4: Coming from the church point of view, you know, we try our best to... To counsel our marriage our couples to to try and stay intact in their marriage, you know, come what may, that they need to build the family. And there's instruction pre-marriage, and there's also instruction post-marriage. You know, as they move, go along, uh, they we have programs that are put into place, put into place to. Um, to assist them, to help them spiritually. I think if they build on their, on their life together spiritually for me, you know, I think it's gonna last long because if there is no spiritual aspect, um, you know, of, of life or marriage or instruction given to them, I don't think so they will last long. Because, you know, things are, hey, why, you know, whatever it is, and they go with the flow. So, therefore, you know, that that important um, aspect is not there. And that's to build on their love for each other. The love, you know, is so important.
3: That's very true. Mm. And how hard is it for a woman to stay when her husband has cheated a lot? And uh, Mm. how hard is it for her... To rebuild that trust,
4: mm, uh, yeah, it, it must. It must be hard. You know, um, it won't come easy to you know to mend, to mend that, eh, or to bridge the that gap. But uh, to me, you know, the the poor woman will have to. She will suffer for sure. I mean, doing having it, you know, carrying the burden alone, especially if they have children. But if it comes to a relationship where it is abuse, being, uh, you know, uh, carried out, then I don't think it is it is right, you know, for a woman to continue to stay in relationship with a man who keeps on beating her or giving her, you know, hell each day. Because, you know, that, that, that's not part of the
3: principle of life. In the case of cheating, Mm-mm. not physical yes. abuse, if the cheating yes. continues and a spouse does not change their way, you know, after coming to you for counseling yes. and trying to get help, what is the church's position on this? The, the, the church would say to take a break
4: from your partner. It does not mean that, you know, um, especially if it's costing the life of the woman or the other way around. You know, it can be the other way around. Um, if, if it's causing too much of a pain in life, you know, and um, of course, you know, emotions and, and everything will come into play. Eh? And, and therefore, the, the only, it's only common sense for them to separate for a little while and see. You know, because sometimes like that, they'll, you know, it works as a result of the outcome. And sometimes it doesn't. But that's uh, that's not for me to judge whether they'll come together again or not. But, you know, we we have to stand on the mercy of, of God by giving them both
3: time out. That is Sister Mariana Tevurenga, a coordinator with Women's Ministry in Fiji. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. We've heard about some of the challenges and stigma that women face when they want to leave their cheating partner, but are our younger women in the Pacific talking about and calling out cheating behaviour? Aisha Nanai Leifi is a social media entrepreneur, DJ, and editor. She says relationships in the age of social media have become very public, and so have the breakups.
1: Because we exist with like the social media sphere, there's often like a lot of backlash. Like, people are always fighting with, like, who did it, who cheated, you know, trying to tell their story, like, on Twitter, of course, and, like, Instagram and stuff, and thousands of people are always tuned into a certain relationship when that kind of stuff happens. What's the pressure like? For me, personally, like, I'm a private person when it comes to that kind of stuff, so... I can't imagine, like, the pressure that people put on themselves to, like, fight for their story to be heard and, like, you know, pick my side who cheated or, or like, pick my side she cheated. The pressure today when of getting in a, a public relationship is just, like, so heavy. And I'm very admirable of people who can be super, super public with their relationship because a lot of people are, are tuning in. <laughs> What happens
3: to both parties when there's kind of a war going on on social media? What is it like?
1: I've had a few friends that have been on like that kind of like fighting for your side on social media. And honestly, it just seems very like draining, like mental health wise. Like that stuff's really serious. I feel like in our community, it's not talked about enough. When you have like another layer to add to it, like people tuning into your life, they don't even know you have all these opinions about you it can be yeah like really damaging to their mental health so like there's definitely some consequences of that kind of stuff like suicide depression like that kind of stuff but yeah I feel like social all social media is not just relationship wise it damages that aspect of your life mm. if you don't you know if you don't know how to use social media moderation or like it's very tough out here. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm I'm great that you are you are speaking up like this. Um in this episode we talked about I've talked about women in the Pacific who are stuck in very traditional marriages or, yes. or won't leave a cheating partner because of finances and stigma. Um does yes. your generation deal with cheating differently?
1: I feel like my generation is a little bit more like selfish, is that the right word but I feel like I feel like my generation is like puts a puts ourselves first even if sometimes it's at the expense of others so I have I've never really found oh I've I've found sometimes but I feel like more common it's it's people will pick you know their peace or their mental health and or like their their pride and leave a relationship when they see maybe like controlling behavior, maybe some cheating, but um, that's not, definitely not a common thing I see within the relationships around me. Like, um, yeah, they're a bit more like selfish. <laughs>
3: selfish or empowered and standing up for themselves. That's Aisha Nanai Leifi. Thanks to all my guests today, Aisha, Sister Mariana, Tevurenga, Roslyn Akua, and the incredible Rose. Rose's story was especially empowering. And I hope you found it as inspiring as I did. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of the show, catch up on our podcast. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, if you're a budding musician or singer, what is it like as a woman trying to break into the industry? When we started, our singing, we didn't think about being, you know, the first couple of Tongan girls that to the Australian music scene. We just want to sing. We just want to sing for a living. It's singing is our passion, you know. The aim was to go into this and give it 100%. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented and produced by me, Hilda Wayne. Our supervising producer is Kim Lester. Executive producer is Inga Stunzner. Our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. Mtasol Nabungimu next time.